Hey, what's up? This is Derek. This is the Bariatric Badass Podcast. It is... What? January 21st, 2022. 3.19 p.m. It is a blistering 37 degrees here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Lots going on right now. Uh, of course, Therese and Sky have been diagnosed with the COVID. Um, and then, of course, me and my boys have reflected it, deflected it. Like champs. That is so weird. I see. I don't, I don't understand when it comes to COVID that how an entire family gets exposed to this virus, and some get sick from it, some don't. Now we are every single one of us are vaccinated. I'm boosted, and my son's boosted. Sharice was planning to get boosted here. Uh, it, actually, today it was today at two p.m. But they denied her because she has COVID. So <clears throat> I'm trying not to do a bariatric uh, hiccup. So <clears throat> Teresa's, um, even though she is COVID positive and she's on the mend, she doesn't feel very well right now. So I'm going to do my best to uh, run through the Q&A. We have like 40 questions. Um, I'm going to answer what I can answer um, and go from there. First of all, before I get started, go to bariatric. Sorry, taking my shirt off I'm in my bedroom added verse to my my car which i i love recording my car because just the low budget podcasting at its finest right and so we got just how it is you know it's just me and sharice we don't have big collaborators we don't have sponsors we just do with what we got and so my car has awesome acoustics that car is in the shop right now uh my kia my kia hybrid if there's anything I can really, like, my best advice, you know, I, I got some serious knowledge of bariatrics. I've been around, I, you know, I had surgery in 2014, and I, I've literally lived, like, squarely bariatric life since 2016. I'm a coach. Um, I'm all over the community. <clears throat> but when it comes down to my absolute best advice... Other than get mental health help to help with your weight loss surgery, it is don't buy a hybrid. <laughs> I'd say don't buy a hybrid because of the simple fact that only a dealership can fix my hybrid. Like my 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 regular my regular mechanic, which is a Tunex right down the street. I've, I've taken four or five cars to the sky. I mean, I've been around. I'm in this area where we live right now for about ten years, and. I only, I only trust him. He could do the brakes and he can change the oil. That's it. He can't do anything else. He won't change the battery. He won't uh, do diagnostics. Well, they don't, they don't have the cap- capability of doing diagnostics. But what's crazy about the hybrids is I get warning lights. So first of all, I got a warning light. Just would, just was a blank warning light. You know, hybrid system, warning, unsafe, do not drive. And it went off like for a week. And that was it. Every now and then, like you're in... Uh, go off like maybe once every couple days then it was fine so now i'm having i had problems with my fuel so i try to pump gas into it and it only let me pump like a gallon and a half so okay whatever so i i I, like bled the gas down as much as i could and then i tried to put gas in it again to make sure that i was gonna be able to get that it's like 27 miles a gallon so i wanted to make sure i could get 27 miles which mean going to work whatever and uh all of a sudden i can put a half tank in it i can put like what like eight gallons in it so it's really strange and now what's even more crazy and if you are listening to this podcast and you have any insight on driving a hybrid please send me a message 
Very frustrating. I've never owned a hybrid before. But as I was pulling into my work on Thursday, uh, so another hybrid warning system goes off and it says, uh, check brakes. And so as I'm pulling into my parking spot, it's like, <laughs> sound my, sounds like my brakes are grinding. Like literally sound, sounds like the brakes are grinding. So pull into the spot. You know, I'm fed up. Throw my arms in there or whatever. Go to work. Plan to work the entire day because I just I need to put in the hours because it's going to cost a lot of money to fix this car. So I go out on my lunch and the car's fine. Very frustrating. I went back in my... I used to drive a Chevy Aveo, which is a tiny little yellow junker of a car. Very cheap to fix. So I want that car back. <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. That hybrid, it's, an, it's a nice car. Uh... It's got a you know a, a pretty decent um, you know it's it's an upgrade from what I've owned. I've owned a uh, I owned a Cadillac STA, STS here about four years ago, which is the best car I've ever been in. But with that vehicle as well, back in those days, we weren't as set as we are now. We weren't making as much. Mo- I wasn't making as much money as I was back then as I am now, and a car is just seven hundred bucks a month which is pretty cheap, you know, considering the type of vehicle it is. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, kind of expensive to fix. So let's go through a few of these Q&As. I'll answer what I can answer. Uh, if you would, please. Our store is still 50% off. Our uh, web store is still 50% off. You have 13 different ebooks that Sharice has written right now. Like I said, they're 50% off. Um, it's on bariatricbadass.com. The last book that she wrote was The Sugar Detox, which is extremely important if you are somebody who has been, you know, taking sugar on a regular basis, which is a lot of us, that's what a lot of us do, especially when we have these protein candy bars and protein chips shoved down our throats. Now, they'll say sugar-free, but if you go into the ingredients, there's sugar-type ingredients in there, so, yeah, uh, as, as well as uh, my book that i wrote but she of course put it together the 10 post-op strategies um the busy bariatric woman's guide to meal prepping there's also a guide in there for um carb cycling which is really effective if you can't get off carbs um of course a lot of us are addicted to carbohydrates some of us can't eat them but if you cycle with these carbohydrates if you eat them at the right time and you lower your carbohydrates at the right time and you raise them at the right time, it can be really beneficial. Um, also, our programs are 50% off. I mean, the bariatric mind reset is 50% off. The, um, the fat loss macro plan, which is a plan created from Cherise, very awesome piece of uh, um, work there. The one who puts a lot of work and she loves this community and doesn't expect anything back. So it's a beautiful thing. Let's get into those Q&As real quick. We'll go to the page first. How's everybody doing? I want to know how everybody's uh, going right now. If, you've, you know, if you're struggling with your mental health, if you need somebody to vent to, somebody to talk to, I'm here for you. Yeah, so I made a, a uh, post cue on the page, which is what I do maybe once every two weeks. That is, what are you struggling with the most this week? Of course, when you, if you ever come into these posts and you uh, are going to um, respond or add a question to these posts, make sure you're very descriptive. The more you can... Uh, hold on, water break. 
the more detail you can give, the more better information that we have that we can answer. So, I know, did you hear that empty liquid death can? Ah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Well, that's a question for Sharice. Struggling mentally with a stall, I'm walking and doing Pilates and doing yoga and following the bariatric mind reset plan and scale is not effing moving. I've been uh, a gastric sleep patient for six consecutive years. I know this is normal, but damn, it's not even a half a pound. Really, body? <laughs> All right, so uh, this is from one of our old clients, Miriam McCoy. She, uh, it's one thing that's important when it comes to your mental, the mental side of stalls or of weight loss it is this it is that the stress that you're dealing with the stress that is being involved in your you know in in your life really affects your body in like really bad ways like raises your cortisol levels when your cortisol cortisol in the body is normal you know small amounts of cortisol is fine but as you stress, fucking COVID is just ripping our, our, our planet apart. It goes up. And it goes up high. And when that happens, it does so many different things to your body. It makes you retain fat. Majority uh, for men, of course, in the, in the waist and for women in the hips. Sharice can probably explain that a little better, better than me. But when uh, different birth genders are in question... It's men will mainly gain it in the wake and weight, excuse me, in the waist and in the chest. And women will gain it, you know, in, in the rear and uh, in the hips. I said rear. I meant ass. Sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's so many different, you know, directions we can go here. But one thing that you need to understand the most is lifestyle changes... And getting to the, the, you know, the reality that this is a long-term project. Being healthy, wanting to lose fat, wanting to lose weight, wanting to put on muscle is a lifelong program. It really is. And the more you accept the fact that this is something that you have to continue to work on and you have to continue, continue to work on. If we go back to my, to my pre-surgery days where I was constantly trying to lose fat, trying to lose fat, trying to lose fat, because I didn't want to have weight loss surgery. I didn't really know uh, to the extent of what could happen or if it's going to work or if I'm going to fail. But uh, it came down to me wanting quick answers. When I had weight loss surgery, I expected, expected it to be a quick answer. I expected it to be even when I got up, I remember getting up from my weight loss. Okay, well, I got brought, uh, brought out of the, uh, the operating room. Um, in unreal pain. Those, the, the R and Y where they, you know, they stick you in four or five different spots. Just crushes your abdominals and very painful. And I remember being wheeled into my room where I was staying at the hospital. And I remember calling for Sharice. I couldn't see Sharice because I couldn't sit up because my abs, were, my abdominal uh, core area was so so much pain. Um, and I remember hearing her voice. Then I remember giving a heavy dose of drugs 
and falling asleep, waking up the next morning. I have a nurse sitting there with a shot glass full of uh, um, the chicken broth and a little small amount of jello. So I take that. And they're just like, okay, we got to get you up, get you walking. So we get up and we start walking. I automatically thought, okay, well, once the weight gone, so let's step on the scale. Oh, shit, I'm heavier. I mean, I started this skewer surgery at four or five pounds. I'm 412 now. What the look? <laughs> so, again, just like losing weight via your surgery takes time. It takes time. And the more you realize that being stressed, failing, and not giving up is part of the formula to fix yourself. So let's keep a moment. Alright, dysmorphia. Jenny Schwind. Hope I said that name right. Uh struggling with dysmorphia. Dys dysmorphia really gets to me, is getting me lately. I know I've made amazing progress, but I'm having a hard time staying motivated because I don't see I don't see it when I look in the mirror. Dysmorphia is a common uh a common problem common problem in our community. Um it's like, you know, you always see that morbidly obese person in the mirror, no matter how much weight you've lost. So my advice on this would be to not so much you know, make progress what progress is defined in your brain but more than defining progress as achievements that you can make. Meaning, fuck the skill. Don't look in the mirror. Put yourself to the test. Like I said in my last podcast, happiness, excuse me, no. Progress is the foundation of happiness. The first time I did a pull-up, I mean, I had no idea I could do a pull-up. And one day I tried. I was like, holy shit. I felt like I was on cloud nine. That is progress. It made me happy. Uh, it's not, you know, it's a non-scale victory. And it's something that everybody used to consider, you know, maybe clothes, you know, different types of clothes that you can wear or uh, try on. Or, you know, get a goal outfit. You can get a goal outfit and you can, you know, use that as some type of a, a progress cue. Uh, if you have dysmorphia like everybody else does, then don't look for visual progress. You know, maybe if you really sit down and you have some deep thoughts, deep thoughts, and you do some really good soul searching and you realize that, hey, this progress that needs to be made should be made mentally so I can accept it. Because in reality, telling somebody to just you know, look at yourself differently is unrealistic. You know, it's like you, you get, you get people out there that are doing super good, right? There, 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 there's a dude, there's an asshole, a jackass who is probably, I'm not gonna say who it is, but there's an ass wipe on Instagram that I just got into it with not too long ago. He's got a big following him and his little buddies, his little clique have big followings, about 120,000 followings between the three of them. Um, I called him out in one of his posts about uh, something to the effect that uh, he said all food is not bad pizza is okay bagels are okay 
It's your relationship with those foods that's not okay, which is complete fucking bullshit. If you look back and you look at the fact that, well, pizza is loaded with, you know, nasty ingredients, flour, uh, sugar, and you take the bagels, of course, same thing. That's bad food. That is bad food. And it doesn't matter how you look at it or however you look at it. It's not, it's not something that is good for you especially long term some of these foods this same person just competed like i think it was last summer he competed in his first uh transformation competition and he looks good he looks really good you know he's got a nice little spray tan and he's uh you know he had skin surgery you can't compare yourself to people like that that's impossible it's not well it's not possible you shouldn't consider comparing yourself to anybody if you're struggling with dysmorphia maybe you should stop step away from the community unfollow people who have achieved unrealistic you know unrealistic results you know just because the dude's got a spray tan he's good looking and he had skin surgery you know so he doesn't have all this nasty uh you know loose skin like me i have I have a 405 pound frame of loose skin. I'm 202 right now. So you can imagine what it, you know, what it looks like below. It's stuff that shouldn't, you shouldn't be comparing yourself to those type of people that are, um, unrealistic, un, that, that have achieved unrealistic goals. Now they're, they're fun to follow, right? You know, they've made it. The thing, the only thing that he's been able to accomplish in my eyes and this is the hard fucking pill that he needs to swallow is that he was able to afford his skin surgery so he actually looks like he had progress makes me even wonder if he even told the people that ran that competition that he had weight loss surgery it makes me wonder but again when it, like i said when it comes to dysmorphia start aiming towards goals that require physical achievements doing a pull-up doing push-up doing a squat doing yoga being able to do yoga being able to complete 15 minutes of cardio instead of visual instead of looking at you know so-and-so on instagram or so-and-so who had skin surgery had breast augmentation blah 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 blah, blah because it's unrealistic and it's just it's toxic so let's keep going uh, comparison question. I just kind of answered that. <sighs> yeah, there's quite a few nutritional questions I'm not going to even touch. All right, Susan Metz Connor, who was a client of ours, came in and said, I am struggling mentally with depression and my food addiction is out of control. Basically, I'm a hot mess, Susan. I'm pretty sure you're listening to this podcast. I want you to understand a few things real quick. So, and this is just my take. I'm somebody that's been through this depression and anxiety bit. And I know you know that because you follow us for quite some time. But one thing you need to understand, something that I've repeated over time is the fact that we all feel depressed and anxious. Sometimes others more often than not. It's something that will pass. It is something that will pass. It's a great example of this, all right? And so I'm using myself as an example because 
I want you to understand that this type of stuff is not permanent. It's not permanent. What makes it permanent is you dwelling on it. It's like when people like screw up when they, you know, they go off their diet and they eat food that they shouldn't eat. And they dwell on the fact that they failed or they dwell on the fact that they went off their diet and they continue to, to eat. Food addiction, of course, addiction is real. You know, we all, I'm one, you know, to admit that before anything. But when you can't get mental health help, if you can't get in to see a therapist, if you can't, uh, you know, if you can identify why it's, you know, why you're, it's causing you in the first place, almost guaranteed that it's your, your, your mental health, your addiction to food is related to a past trauma. If you can identify that trauma, if you can try to get help for that trauma, then you're more likely to be able to overcome these problems. See, when it comes to me and my trauma, my child, my trauma isn't in my childhood. My trauma is from my first marriage. All right. My, when I, and I, I've talked about this before, uh, my first wife, I had <clears throat> my first child with, it was a girl, it was a, it was a daughter. She is my namesake. She was named after my middle name, uh, which I'm not going to tell anybody, of course, and that's my private info, but, um, we didn't get along very well. And when she became pregnant, it pretty much saved our marriage for another, you know, 12 months. But eventually, you know, she she had a child and things were going good. She's very abusive. Um, but, you know, I stuck around anyway because I was young. I was in my 20s. All I ever wanted in life was to be a father. Because, I, you know, I helped my friends raise their kids. And I live with friends that have children. And I help babysit and stuff. So I love children. And I... You know, all I want to do is be a father. And she gave me that. And she was a beautiful little girl. And, of course, she's a brilliant psychopath. And she obtained full custody of, the, of, my, of my daughter. And she loved the state. So there was nothing I could really do. You know, I did. I was really young, smoking tons of weed, drinking a lot all the time back then. Um, but I was a good father. But I didn't have the resources that I have now. So 20 years go by. And in those 20 years, these demons have been stacking themselves. And so I'm left with the trauma of that. Well, now, what, 20 years later, almost 20, yeah, almost 20 years later, I have a little girl in my life. Her name is Skye and she's my daughter. She's a beautiful seven-year-old little girl. She looks just like her mama. What's crazy about this, and I'm going to come out and, you know, straight up admit this, is the fact that, you know, I was so overwhelmingly focused on trying to help my first daughter hear the truth than I was actually living in the moment with Sky and realizing what I had in front of me. So what you need to probably do, Susan... You need to take whatever it is that brought you to this community, whatever it is that made you addicted to food. If you don't know what it is, you need to do some soul searching. And if you can't find it, you need to keep on looking for it and not give up looking for it. Ultimately, I think that's the key to helping yourself identify 
triggers and trauma is to keep looking as to why it caused it. All these years, I had no idea. I just wanted to party. That's all I ever wanted to do. All I wanted to do was get stoned, have sex, drink alcohol, you know, and everything else. And I, I had no idea why other than I was a fucking party animal. But I was covering up these, these, these scars that I was running from. You know, I, I, I said all the time I would never change anything in my life because, I, you know, it led me to where I am today. You know, I might, might not be financially well off as I want to be, but I'm happy. It's like this bullshit when people talk about, oh, I'd rather cry in my Ferrari than cry in my Toyota, you know, my Honda Civic. Okay, well, that, that, that's you. Like, if you... If you are crying in your in your Ferrari, you're unhappy. So that tells you right now, your money, money doesn't make doesn't give you happiness. Having the luxuries of having a Ferrari doesn't make you doesn't, you know, doesn't make you happy. So when you identify these triggers and what's happened in your past, and you're able to realistically live in the now, so if you have a happy marriage. You're still alive, right? We've survived the worst two years that this fucking country, that this earth has had to live through, and you're still here. Susan, if you're listening, I want you to take a deep breath. And I mean like full body, deep breath. Take it from the pit and breathe out. You're lucky to be alive, period. The chances of you being human ever again, you know, we all die, of course. The chances of you being human in a free country where you have the decision to have internet, where you have a decision to buy a vehicle, where you have a decision to exercise and be able to choose the foods that you want to choose in the stores that we're going to are slim. So look at what you have now and continue to try, 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 and don't give up. And I don't give a fuck if we get hit with a natural disaster that changes life on this planet. I mean, granted, that's okay. That's a little bit far off, but you, you get what I'm saying. Very important. So Sharice, uh, I got to go help Sharice. Uh, let me see if I go through one more question. Uh, my kids and I have COVID. Yeah, we're pretty much in that boat right now. But for some reason, uh, the boys of our family kind of deflected that. Lisa Lynn comes out and says, my anxiety and panic attacks are high. My darling, it is only temporary. It's only temporary. So one thing I want to... Uh, I'm going to end it here because i got to help Sharice. But one thing I want everybody to understand when it comes to craving food. Number one, yes, it's mental. Yes, it is also physical. Um, two reasons why it's physical. Either you have a deficiency or the science of your body functionally is doing what it's supposed to be doing. Okay, so let's say you, uh, you're active during the day. Right, great example for me. I, I pump up like 17,000 steps a day because it's what I do for a living. I do a lot of walking, a lot of moving. Uh, 
my body is burning that nutrients in my body that I ate that morning and the day before. So when that nutrients is absorbed into your body, when that nutrients is, you know, sitting in the reserves of your fat or in your muscle, your muscle burns it and you burn the fat. So naturally your body is like carbohydrates. Uh, you know, I, I was just talking to one of my clients about, uh, how her surgeon is suggesting that she uh, doesn't do any cardiovascular exercise, which is ridiculous, strongly disagree, but he's saying it because she is more hungry afterwards, where you're more hungry afterwards for a reason. I don't get these surgeons. These bariatric surgeons, some of them are just, I get it. You're graded by how successful your, your patients are. You don't think of long-term, you don't think of your patient's longevity. And I'm hoping when Sharice gets her degree, uh, she gets put in a bariatric clinic and she changes, you know, the way these fucking programs are done. Because yes, your body is going to crave food. Your body is going to crave nutrients as you burn it. But that's how you build muscle, okay? That's how you build um, and that, that's how muscular function is fueled, right? Protein, this is a rule of thumb, protein fuels, no, excuse me, protein builds muscle, carbohydrates fuels that muscle growth. And when I say muscle growth, I mean, not bulky, lean muscle mass. The more lean muscle mass you have on your body, meaning your lean muscle mass is obtained through lean proteins, and not eating garbage shit like fucking protein candy bars and protein chips from Bariatric Pal. The more, the higher your muscle is, your lean muscle is, the more you're going to burn more fat naturally. The higher your metabolism. Okay? So that's a rule of thumb. You just got to keep trying to control overeating. Very hard. You know, especially when it comes to pistachios. I got a big ass fat freezer sack full of uh, pistachios. It's like not even two, three feet away from me. Those shits are hard. They're hard to put down. But again, you know, it's just the, the, that's, that's the mental side of my food addiction versus the physical side, which is I need that protein in my body because, well, I'm 202, 47-year-old man. Okay, 202-pound, 47-year-old man. Very active. Very active. Not super muscular because I've spent the last year focusing on losing fat, getting my fat down. Well, why I'm losing large amounts of fat I'm also lo losing, you know, a considerable amount of muscle. So now I get to spend 2002, 2023, or excuse me, 2022, 2023, getting that muscle back. So hopefully it comes, you know, it's going to be rough because I'm older than most of these uh, bariatric bitch boys out there. So <laughs> don't, I, very few bariatric bitch boys. Sorry about that. They're all, it's always, whenever I get trolled or I have problems in the bariatric community, it's always nine times out of 10. It's a dude. It's a guy. Always a guy. One thing me and Sharice always used to say when we were dealing with trolls, it's always a fucking dude. All of them, they're little, uh, trying to be these little alpha bariatric. No, I don't give a fuck. I really don't. I don't care. I have one, one woman to impress in this world, and that's it. And that's all I care about. And then I want to change the bariatric community so we're all on the same page. So we're eating good, healthy, nutritional food, whole food, chicken, fish, uh, some different types of potatoes instead of, oh, well, I got my uh, pantry full of, uh, you know, 
Premier Protein and Bariatric Pal uh, gummies and all that fucking shit. You don't need that. It's not good for you. It's going to lead to you not losing any fucking weight because it's obviously a sweet trigger. Love you guys very much. Uh, we'll get the Q&A done here in the next couple days or so when Sharice starts, starts feeling better. Um, I had over 40 questions. I did my best. Uh, I do apologize for tripping through it. Kind of overwhelmed a little bit. 32 minutes. Cool. Love you guys very much. Go to bariatricbadass.com. Again, the store is 50% off. We're going to keep it like that for a couple more days. Um, please tell your friends about us. Um, love you.